help them to um, receive the word and, and that it would be a seed in their lives, Lord. Um, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm a little tired. I have um, only gotten a few hours of sleep over the last few nights and um, I am, I'm a little off. And so if I, uh, if I say something dumb, that's my excuse this week. Um, the, uh, what? I, <laughs> Irving's making fun of me. Um, uh, sorry. Oh, he brought me hot chocolate. By the way, there's hot chocolate now along with coffee uh, for before service because Irving has donated hot chocolate. Um, so that we can have hot chocolate. So, it's awesome. Yay! Um, <laughs> thank you. We'll let you know when, when we're out. Um, so, um, we are actually on part four of our James series. This is uh, uh, Living Out Our Faith. Um, and, and we're going to be looking specifically at James two fourteen to 26. If you want to follow along in your, your Bibles, there are Bibles in the pews if you want to do that. Or they'll be on the screen as well. Um, Quick background, and I, I end up doing this every time, but it's important to know the context. Uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He was the leader of the church for quite a while. And he um, is writing this letter to early early Christians. This is probably one of the first New Testament letters written. Um, and it... Um, a lot of the folks that are that are readers, that are the audience, um, they're poor and they're kind of heavily persecuted, and a lot of them are Jewish converts. And that's important because it plays into what we're going to talk about today. Um, the other thing is that this point in the letter is kind of a it's kind of a pinnacle of a series of arguments. Okay, um, and he he starts out by. Um, Talking about faith and hardship and how our, our faith shapes us, uh, or how our faith and our, uh, our, our wisdom is supposed to carry us through hardship and, and actually perfect us. Um, then he talks about how temptation is something that comes from within, like how our sinful selves are the source of temptation. Um, he moves on then and he makes this whole argument about how we as believers are supposed to respond to God's word. Like, respond by acting and by doing something about it as opposed to just like being an audience and receiving it. Um, and, and finally, last week, as an extension of that, like, what do you do with God's word? You talked about bias, how um, wealthy people were coming into their churches and they were getting preferential treatment. And he says, listen, you can't treat folks with bias. You know, this is you got to treat people evenly and equally. You can't mistreat poor folks. And, and that's kind of, you know, an application of God's word. You know, if we're going to, like, follow the word, this means um, living this out. And, and I. I, as we move into this, I've been spent my whole week trying to figure out a good illustration, and I, I found one at the rummage sale. Did anybody go to the rummage sale this week? Like, um, and I, I actually found three really cool things at the rummage sale, and I, uh, I wanted to I wanted to share the first two just because because um, they're funny. I found myself a pair of motorcycle leathers. Now I I, I just need a motorcycle. Um, hint hint. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying October's Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, <laughs> my wife says I'm not allowed to ride a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> but I do have the leather, so I can look like I do. Um, I, I found myself a new suit. Um, so if it ever becomes an opportunity for me to preach in a suit, I, I did get a, I did get a suit. Um, um, actually, I got a lot of compliments, and, and I, uh, I, I very much appreciate it. Um, and finally, actually, the last item I found... Um, is a record player. I, uh, 
those of y'all who know me well, I'm an avid collector of records, right? And this thing, it, it, I was helping with a setup and it, it, it was sitting on a table and I, I fell over myself trying to pick it up because I, I, I love records and I love record players and I needed a separate component record player for the living room so I can listen to records in different rooms. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I plugged it in, what happened? Anybody want to guess? Nothing happened. And, and I, I was standing there with Steve Cyber. Some of y'all know Steve. And, and we had an extended discussion about the potential problems with this record player. And actually, he explained to me the model is a fairly nice record player. It's a fairly high-end name, name brand. And, and I, uh, I took it apart. And I uh, see it comes apart there. And I found this. Lots of little pieces. You can't even see them from there. Of, of dried up rubber band. Um, record players, old record players, um, were designed where you would have a rubber band that would go from the motor around a set of gears and that would turn the record player. Everybody with me? And so I was able actually to turn it on and I put my finger into the motor, which may have been a bad idea. Actually, in retrospect, I say it out loud, I feel kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> but, but I could feel the motor spinning. And so it, it's actually a working record player, but it's not working because the motor spins, but the record doesn't. Everybody with me? What sort of use is this record player right now? None. I could actually scratch records like a rap star. Um, I, that, hey, I think I have an idea. Um, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> um, I, I, but, but at this point in time, it works, but it doesn't work. Everybody with me? All right. So we're going to transition in. And James, he's just finished talking about how if you're living out your faith where you're treating some folks unevenly, you're mistreating poor people basically because you can't get anything from them, but you're being really nice to rich people because you can get stuff from them, that it's not an accurate reflection of loving your neighbor the way that like, like Christ taught us. And, and so he, he turns around and he says, listen, what use is it, my brethren, this is verse 14, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? Now, what's he saying here? Um, we're going to hit pause, um, actually, because this, this section of scripture has been a tripping point for people for centuries. Um, because folks have, have read it and they said, oh, well, that means I have to work really hard to be okay to God. Um, and, and that is not what James is talking about, okay? Um, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I want to be very clear up front. What makes us okay in front of God is faith in Jesus, right? If I have faith that Jesus, God's son, came to earth and took punishment for my sins, meaning every bad thing I have ever done, every miserable, horrid thing, and there's a huge pile of them, um, like he gets punished in my place and I'm forgiven, right? That makes me acceptable before God. And all I have to do is have faith in that and follow Jesus, right? Um, I cannot be good enough to earn it, right? If, um, if I were to say to, um, oh, Michael left, I can't even pick on him. If I were to say to Adam, Adam, I have a $50 gift for you, but I'm going to need you to mow my lawn and detail my car before I give you that gift. Is it a gift? No, it's a paycheck. 
grace, forgiveness is a gift. We don't earn it, okay? But that having been said, um, James does jump into this topic. He says, what use is it if you have faith but you have no works? Can that faith save him? Does my record player work? No. Sort of, right? The motor works. Um, the microphone probably works, but it doesn't move, right? And so what he's talking about, he's saying, listen, if you have faith, if you have this basic belief that God is out there, but it doesn't do anything, you ain't living it out, it doesn't affect who you are, um, is that really doing anything? Is that real? Well, yes and no, not really though, right? There's no life in it. And actually, this is a rhetorical question. He says, listen, um, because faith is more than just believing, okay? Everybody with me? Um, and actually, he kind of dives into that, He's, but we'll, we'll get there. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Um, so brother or sister, meaning like a fellow believer, comes to you, they don't have anything to eat, they don't have proper clothes to wear, and you say to him, go in peace. The phrase here... Um, is do you ever talk to somebody and they're telling you something and you're not real that really that excited but you're being polite and you say good for you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like where it's 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 sort of a nice thing to say but it's mostly not. Um, that's the phrase that he's using here because like for a Jewish person to say go in peace but for it not to be accompanied with action is actually kind of condescending and jerky. Okay, like the the way that the Jewish reader would have read that they'd be like oh. Wow, really? You would do that? Um, and so you encounter somebody. They're in need. They're hungry. They're, they're cold or what have you. And you say, go in peace. Be warmed and be filled. This is in the neutral phrasing, all right, in the neutral tense. And, and uh, our voice, gosh, I'm tired. Um, it's in the neutral voice, which means go find something to eat for yourself or go find something to wear, um, so, so it's basically like, hey, I, I could help you, but you need to go take care of yourself. Um, it, it's a blow-off, isn't it? It, it really is. It's, it's a way of saying, um, um, hey, I should help you, but I'm not going to. Um, when I was in uh, college, um, there was a, a day I was um, – it was actually right before I, I started my sophomore year of college – I was in downtown Chicago, and I had gotten on the wrong bus, and I had come out in, in a really bad neighborhood, right? Um, in, in one of the worst neighborhoods that, that I could possibly end up in. And, and I had a police officer drive up to me. It's like 2 in the morning, and I'm walking down the road. He pulls up to me, rolls his window down, and he says, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Because I, I was racially outside of the standard, and I, I was maybe dressed in a way that did not fit what the community like would look at. And I said, well, I, I got on the wrong bus and I'm just walking to, to the next place I can catch a bus. And the guy said to me, this cop, he's sitting there, he says, y- you're in a lot of danger being here. And, and I was like, really? He says, yeah, you need to be about five miles that way. And I said, really? I was like, can you give me a ride? He said, nope. <laughs> 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 and he left. <laughs> um, 
um, I, I caught another bus. Actually, a bus driver pulled up and let me on at a nonstop and drove me to a place where another bus driver was, called them on the radio, had them pull over, had me step one foot on the ground and into the next bus, and they took me to where I was going. They went out of their way to keep me from getting killed. Which one did right by me? The bus driver, right? Um, when we look at what James is talking about here, James is saying, listen, if somebody comes to you and they are in trouble and your response is, hey, take care of yourself, I got nothing to do to help you, um, the faith that you are displaying is not substan- substantive, right? It is not um, a faith that, that is alive and breathing. Um, I... I uh, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna move on here. Um, actually, First John touches base with this, um, and and really sort of fleshes out the idea. Uh, John writes, "If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth." Um, at the end of the day, what James is saying here is. If God's love is in you, if you are looking at your neighbor and God's love is like directing your actions, you're not going to say, good luck. You know, you're not going to say, have a nice day. Um, you're not going to blow the person off. You're going to go out of your way to help them. Um, and this extends like all throughout life. Um, it is our stuff is a part of it. We're here to take care of each other, right? The family of God exists to take care of each other. This isn't a fun idea because... Um, Honestly, because people that we help who don't have money can't help us, right? Um, it's, it's hard to help somebody who can't help you because we're fleshly and sinful. Isn't it the truth? I'm like, <laughs> I, I like helping people who can help me. It's, you know, that's smart business. Um, but God's, God's world, God's community, God's economy is based on helping folks because they need help and because God loves them. Um, I used to say to kids all the time at, uh, at the children's home, um, if my wife and I were here and, and you were to tell me that I'm your best friend, but then you were to, like, punch my wife, would we be okay? Nope. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not okay with you if you mistreat my wife. Um, look around you. Like, the people sitting around you right now, these are God's children. Um, these are people who are in Christ, I, I'm assuming, right? Like, these are people who are followers of Jesus. These are people that God bled for. Um, and if you're going to be right by him, you've got to be right by them. It means you've got to take care of each other. Um, I'm going to move on. Uh, even, so, um, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. What does that mean? Um, I, I have a dog who's old. Some of you all have seen my, my lab, right? I mean, he's old and he's rickety. And, and every once in a while, I'll be sitting in the living room watching TV, and I'll kind of get up and walk over and kick him a couple times. Because, because it's not always clear that he's still alive, because he just lays there, right? The day is coming. I'm not, I'm sorry, it's the truth. Um, the day is coming. I'm going to kick him a couple times. He ain't going to move, right? The reality is the moment he stops moving, he's not alive anymore, right? Like, if he's not breathing, his heart isn't beating, like, there's no life there. Faith that is alive. That means faith is more than just belief, mind you, right? This is belief that leans on God's grace. This is faith that lives as though something is true. Um, it has to translate into bigger things. Um, if I say I don't believe in gravity and I can fly anytime I want but never try, what do I really believe? 
<laughs> I don't really believe I can fly. If I'm not willing to like demonstrate the truth of it, if I'm not willing to lean on it, um, there's no truth in it. Um, so what James is saying here is, listen, if you have faith, that faith is going to translate into action. It's going to dictate your life. It's going to come out in fruit, right? Um, I, how many of y'all are done planning, planting, right? That happens this time of year? Is anybody done seeding? What's the difference between seeding and planting? <laughs> if in the spring nothing comes out of the ground, is your field alive? <laughs> oh, wow. Apparently there's some uh, smart aleck uh, bits language I don't know. I shouldn't laugh and drink coffee. That's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> um, in reality, if I, if I put seeds in the ground and they never become anything, they're not alive, right? Like, I'm not going to get life out of the ground. Um, and, and this is what it is. Like, if God's word is in us, it's going to grow and it's going to produce fruit, right? Um, if it's alive. If God's word is in us and it's just sitting there and it ain't translating into nothing, then it ain't nothing. It's just God's word, sit, word sitting in us. Um, 18 and 19, James goes on and says, but, some, but someone may say, or excuse me, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Um, how can I know that anyone believes or thinks anything if they don't show me? Does that make sense? I mean, I really can't look out and figure out what's going on in your heads. I can sometimes do it with my wife, and it's usually like, you know, she's looking at me, and I'm getting that look. <laughs> I know what she's thinking, but beyond that, like, I... I can't really know what's in your heart, and I can't really know what's in your head. James is saying, um, you can say you have faith, but live it out and demonstrate. You can dem- you know, and then it's real. It's substantive. substantive. It's got substance. It is material. It is real if we live it out. Um, he goes on and he says, you believe that God is one, and that's great. Um, you do well. The demons also believe that, and they shudder. So he's saying, listen, if you just believe that God is there, you are exactly like at the basic level. Everybody with me? Like, like, if the devil believes that God is there, and he does, right? If demons believe that God is there, and they do, um, and I'm on the same level as them, am I pretty high up on the scale? No. Because what I believe is true is going to translate into how I live. It's going to translate into the actions I demonstrate. So if I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, if I believe that the world I live in right now is disappearing, right? Everything I have will rot one day, and it will not go with me to stand before God. God will not look at how nice my car was. He's not gonna, right? God will not look at how much I managed to save um, at the expense of those around me. Um, He ain't going to look at it. At the end of the day, if I'm piling up, I'm not demonstrating that I have faith in that future that God has predicted, right? If I look at other folks and I say, I'm not helping you because it's too much work or because I just don't care, I'm not leaning on this understanding that God has given me. Everybody with me? Um, by the way, I, I love that James is sarcastic. Has anybody caught how much sarcasm he's tossing out here? Like how much almost insulting language? He says, listen... Good for you. You've got that going for you. Um, 
but it's not that good. Um, verse 20, but you are willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without, are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Meaning, like, if I have faith and it doesn't translate, this is what I have. Right? I have this. It doesn't make sounds. It doesn't do anything. I got a motor that spins in one place. I might have faith. I might know that God is real, but if it doesn't translate into anything real, I'm broken. And really, what good's a broken record for? Broken record player for, right? Like it's pretty much good for the dumpster. Um, 21 to 23. Um, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? Um, are, are most of y'all familiar with this story? Um, God says to Abraham, like, he waits 10 years to have a son. Like, God promises him, you'll have a son. And after 10 years, they finally have a son. And, um, he, you know, several years go by, and, and Isaac, his son, is, like, walking around and talking. And God says to him, all right, I want you to go ahead and uh, take him out to the mountain and sacrifice him. <laughs> I, I don't know. That'd be hard, wouldn't it? Especially after waiting 10 years based on God's promise. Um, and what did Abraham do? Abraham took his son to the mountain to sacrifice him. Did he want to do it? I don't think so, right? Why did God have him do it? Well, ultimately, um, this is one of the earliest illustrations we get that Jesus was going to die for us, right? Like, it's one of the most painful versions of the story of God sending his own son to die for us. Because, like, the place that, that Abraham was sent and the altar that he was supposed to offer him on was actually the same place that Jesus was eventually crucified. Isn't that kind of crazy? God was telling the story early that Jesus was going to die for us. And he used Abraham to tell it. Well, what about Abraham's feelings? What about him? Um, ultimately, Abraham brought glory to God by being obedient. And it was hard. Um, but it was the action of obedience that demonstrated it, Right? If Abraham had said, I believe that you're going to do right by me, God, but I'm not going. Is that real faith? Is that real belief? It's not. Um, if God asks, we do, right? We trust that he's got the best in mind for us, even if it's not fun. Even if it doesn't seem like it. Um, we trust that he's got the best in mind for us and we follow. Um, you see that... Faith was working in his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Um, what's he saying there? He's saying, listen, that faith became substance. It became real when he lived it out, right? It became the real thing. I, years ago, I was in Minnesota in the Boundary Waters. We were in the middle of like this giant lake, and they had this 30-foot cliff. And you could jump off this cliff into a hole in the lake. Like there was a really deep place. And you could, you could jump off and like you could almost step off and just land right in the water. Um, and I, I, I went six years in a row or something and I jumped off that cliff once. <laughs> I stood on that cliff about a hundred times. <laughs> and I started moving to jump off that cliff quite a few times. But it took an awful lot for me to take that extra step. Has anybody ever done that? How hard is the extra step? Ultimately, I may have believed, like in my head, that I wasn't going to be crushed on my way down or break my neck or break my leg or drown or anything else. But it takes a lot to make motion happen, right? 
that's when it becomes perfected. That's when your belief becomes real. Because until then, it's nothing. Um, And he was called a friend of God. What better thing is there to say about anyone, right? Friend of the Creator. Friend of, you know, of the Almighty God. Um, He goes on. By the way, Abraham, for the Jewish people, he's writing to Jewish people, Abraham was like a rock star. Right? Abraham was the father of the faith. When you talked about Abraham, you were talking about like the top of the heap, right? Like we, we talk about Abraham, like talking about Abraham would be, um, maybe in American standards, like talking about, um, Abraham Lincoln or George Washington, the father of our country. Like we are here because George Washington did these things. Abraham was the beginning of it. Um, and the Jews like revered him. Um, he goes on, you see a man, that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Does that mean that a man is saved because he works? No, it means that our faith becomes action. It has fruit, and that's how we're right before God. Um, our faith lives, and it breathes, and it acts. Um, and that's how we're right before God. Not that we earn it, but that our faith is alive. Um, now, he ta- talks about Abraham. He's the top of the heap. And then he talks about Rahab. Rahab, in the story of Jericho, was a prostitute who lived in the city walls. And she encountered two spies that the Israelites had sent in. And these spies, she hides them and she helps them, like, like, get information to overthrow the city. Right? Um, and Rahab, like, she did it because she had this idea of who God was. And she trusted that God would take care of her. Um, and ultimately, she acted on that trust. That is faith. But um, so when what James writes is in the same way was not Rahab the, the prostitute. He, it, harlot is in my translation, but she was a prostitute. That's what the word means. Was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Um, so what he's saying here is, look, um, this prostitute and Abraham, top and the bottom, Right. They're both justified the same way. They had faith in God, and that faith translated into action. They lived out what they believed. Um, And it's no different for any of us. We're right before God because we have faith in Christ, and because that faith is alive. Um, 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Um, I remember the first time I, I went to a funeral and saw um, somebody that I knew and loved, like, in a casket. Has anybody experienced that? Um, the thing that struck me standing there was that even though it was them, it wasn't them. Do you know what I mean? Like, the part of them that was them was no longer there. Like, this is the box they came in, right? Um, what he's saying here is he's saying... Um, faith is like this box. Like the living out is what makes it alive. Um, the body without the spirit is dead. Faith without works is dead. We have to live out what we believe in order for it to be real. Um, my challenge for you guys this week as we kind of close up, I think we have one last song. I'm going to call the guys up. Um, I'm sorry if I'm a little off today. I'm really tired. Uh, my challenge for you today, my encouragement. First off, by the way, we have a study guide for the week again. Um, I, about the same number of people have picked them up every week, so I'm assuming we're still doing it. Um, there's a stack of them on the table right by the door. If you're doing it, if you're getting some, something out of it, grab it up and take it with you. Um, but my challenge for you this week is 
Um, look at your life and ask yourself, what you believe, is it turning into anything in your life? Is it, is it alive? Are you doing something with your faith? Are you acting it out? Is it walking? It, you know, are you walking out your faith or is it something you carry with you? Um, I, I knew a guy with a, a, a drinking problem who carried around an AA token. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? But he had it and he'd show it to you. But it didn't mean anything. Ultimately, are you carrying it around like a coin in your pocket? Or is it something that's living in you? Um, and if it isn't, what do you need to do to get there? How do you jump off that cliff? We're going to close in prayer. We have one last song? All right. And I'll let them close us and, you know, like dismiss us. So. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning. I pray that you would bring us to a place where we, we trust you in, in what we are. Um, don't break my record player. Um, <laughs> more so. Um, I pray that you would um, be with us this week and look at our hearts and look at our souls. Help us to, to look at the scriptures like a mirror and, and become different through the act of looking at the scriptures, looking at your word. Help us to grow and be um, people who are, are your people and have faith in you. In Christ's name. Amen.